what is punk? I guess it's just something that is uh, anti-establishment. You're doing things a little bit more DIY. What does it really mean to be punk? The definition of punk can be a little loosey-goosey at times. Sounds like anything goes in the Wild West of uh, podcasting. That's right. That's easy! This program contains mature subject matter. Including maladjusted youth, masochistic hillbillies, and the excitement of the price is right. It may be deemed inappropriate for our younger viewers. Viewer discretion advised. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. <laughs> this show is behind the shem shemas. Yes, schemes. I'll give you a choice. Either put on these glasses. Let's start eating that trash can. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. You maniacs! What is a man? You blew it up! Damn you! A miserable little pile of secrets! Damn you all to hell! What is BTS? When we are successful, we will be. We have a real chance at this. Your patience is wearing thin. The words are almost interchangeable. Magic and art. That um, we have the concept of high magic, which is magic where you don't know what you're doing essentially you're just doing whatever comes into your mind on the assumption that this is an instruction from the forces of the universe um it's completely spontaneous it's it's not got any of the the censorship of the rational conscious mind involved in it at all the same could be said of great works of art that you don't know why you're doing them you're not sure how you're doing them or what purpose there is, it's just something where you feel a compulsion that is bigger than you, that is bigger than yourself. Um, So, yes, I'd say that if you want to understand magic, try thinking about art. If you want to understand art, try thinking about magic. In fact, I believe that both fields would be immensely enriched if they were only to take on the values of the other camp that we would have magic that if it was all seen as being a form of art uh, where it might actually produce wonderful works of art it might actually produce works like those of Austin Spare or any of the other great Rosalind Norton um, people great artists who've been connected with the occult over the years uh, that would give a purpose that modern magic is almost completely lacking at the same time if contemporary artists were to be drawing upon the ideas um, that are in magic then we wouldn't be getting all of this empty vacuous conceptual shit 
that art seems to be frozen in at the moment where yes conceptual art but it's not they're not even real concepts they're concepts in the advertising sense I blame Charles Saatchi for a lot of this um, but if you were to have that exchange of blood between art and magic I think that both art and magic would be enriched immeasurably they would both have a human purpose and would relate to the world in which we are actually all existing. Speaking the words of magic, it's episode 101 of Behind the Schemes for June 12th, 2022. And dabbling in the art of words, I'm Booberry Black Knight of the Mothman. Lavish has been shanghaied and is currently Highlander down in the basement of the green room. And uh, won't be able to join us today, sadly, but that won't stop us from having a kick-ass time because we have none other than the Pod Sage himself straight from Podcasting 2.0 and the Podcast Index is Dave Jones. Hey, man. Hey. What's up? Uh, that's the kind of magic I have is uh, the magic that you don't understand how any of it works. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, so that's, I have my, that's the way most of the things in my life are. I just... I just I have no idea how they actually work. I just do them anyway. You know, I think that's I think that's critical to to make an effective magic is not having any <laughs> concept of how or why it's working. It just does the things that it's supposed to do. <laughs> is that like the warlock? It, the, it's the magic just comes from inside. It's like they have no idea what they're doing or like the technical reason. It just just kind of comes out. It's the wild magic. <laughs> it's the wild, wild magic of podcasting 2.0. Sounds like anything goes in the wild west of uh, podcasting. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, to kick this party off, uh, we draw a tarot card at the top of every show. And today's deck, we are using the Line Strider deck, which is a, a fairly popular deck that we pull from. Uh, it's a gorgeous card. It's the King of Wands, uh, done in a high uh, i'm sorry like a watercolored style pen and ink and it depicts the uh, uh, a silhouette almost of the lion hanging out behind this wand Ew. oh my goodness we're getting some boosts already is that the boost sound yeah <laughs> i like it i like it a lot we'll uh we'll touch on those boosts here in a moment after the tarot card uh uh actually we i've got a whole slew of of boost sounds i was going to hit you with uh at some point <laughs> the king of wands that's uh so i'm i'm looking at it right now dude in a chair with a with a with a big tree holding a tree are you uh staff i'm i'm taking it you're looking at the rider weight the i guess traditional uh depiction of the card i guess it's uh i just did king of wands in uh in google and it just came back with a lot like He's kind of to the side. I guess you're seeing his left side, and he's got his he's he's holding the the staff. That but the staff is like sprouting twigs. Mm-hmm. That sounds about right. Uh, okay. Though now this card that we drew is reversed. Uh, reverse sometimes it's not like a a one to one upright is positive and reversed is negative. There's there's a lot of interconnecting themes, and it's just different angles that you can look at these. But here's some key words for the King of Wands. Uh, we have power, fire, warmth, charisma, grace, strength, control, and hysteria. Uh, so the wand suite 
uh, excuse me, suit represents the element of fire. It is most clearly stated in the Ew. King of Wands, uh, Line Strider. The energy of this card is very strong, very masculine, and positive and negative effects. Uh, we have fatherly, protective, charismatic, but also also glacial, abuses power, and manipulative. The king is a visionary leader who can unite creators and make projects succeed. Uh, he's attractive and able to inspire people to follow his point of view. Very God, this sounds like This all sounds like me. <laughs> Man, it's weird sometimes how these cards line up. Wow. Wow, it's the universe is telling everybody something. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into the reverse meaning here just a little bit. The negative side of this card can be arrogance, contempt for others, and abuse of power. If this card appears in reverse, it can warn you of a negative destructive qualities associated with fire, uh, that being hunger, greed, selfishness. If you're the leader, you should watch out for this and restrain the fire, which could destroy you and everything you want to build. If this card represents autocratic power in your life, find a way to get away from it before you are burned. Okay. Fire is wild, man. It will give life and, and take it away just as fast. Uh, it's a creative energy that can also burn somebody out from the inside. Yeah, energy always cuts both ways. No doubt. Uh, final thoughts about this. The card usually represents promotion, rewards, or leadership opportunities. Uh, if you're looking for personal achievement, let's focus on the king's energy. Take this card as a center and drink a large cup of cinnamon tea. <laughs> right on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. If you would like to check out this card, it's posted up at the top of our show notes, which are found over at zososcorner.substack.com. That is Z-O-S-O-S corner.substack.com. It's posted up there at the top with the, uh, well, pretty much every link that uh, we reference. Oh, my goodness. Um, It's all featured there. We got artwork. We got pictures. We got the show notes for today. All sorts of stuff uh, that you could ever want associated with BTS. It's all there. You can sign up. It's free. It's part of the value for value model. We don't uh, charge anything. There's no paywall on the Substack. Fuck all that. Oh, what's next? Oh, uh, would you like to get into some boost real quick? Oh, please. Yeah, always. We'll, always ready for boost. Well, we do uh, some boost at the top of the show. Some stuff that you know came in during the week. And then later in the second half, we'll, uh, we'll get to some more if they come in. Um, so going all the way back to... Uh, this was from Midas for 68,000 sats using Curio Caster. He said, what's up, nerds? Boosting my last Curio Caster sats live. More coming later when I refill my sack. Grats on 100. (laughs) Now, wait a second. Midas has never, has never boosted us 68,000 sats. This is like, uh, this is, he's holding out. He's, he's holding out on us. He's giving all your, uh, I I didn't realize that he was a high roller. (laughs) Now this, I've I've discovered something that uh, that I'm going to have to discuss with Metis. Well, next time, uh, next time I go back home and and Metis and I do a, a a show in person together. We did one back over Christmas. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll be sure to look him in the eye when he boosts next. <laughs> <laughs> look 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 him in the eye when you boost. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh, next up was 666 from Servo. He's using that Boost CLI all the time. Uh, boosted episode 100. Uh, we had NA Millennial with 5,000 sats using Fountain. He said, Goat Murderers. Oh, 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 wow. Uh, Did you uh, kill a goat? I mean, what is that about? 
Uh, <laughs> well, uh, last week, and I believe it was episode 98, um, this was our boost sound. <laughs> yeah. <Ew. laughs> that's that's horrible okay (laughs) it was an episode uh so the last one it was uh it was jack parsons who founded jpl it was the predecessor to nasa but it turns out that he's a big time satanist and was rolling around in uh like the south los angeles area with uh l ron hubbard studying alistair crowley and developing rockets to take us to the moon Okay, I didn't know that one. Yep. <laughs> uh, the history of the JPL went a little bit different than probably everybody thinks it did. One of my all-time favorite jokes uh, from Sam Tripoli is uh, uh, a Satanist, uh, a Scientologist, and a Nazi all walk into a bar. What's the first thing they found? <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, Nicki Minaj. NASA. NASA. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, let's okay. see here. Uh, so, continuing on, eight fifty-eight sets from Lavish. He said, "Die goat." Uh, three seven. Oh, that's me. That's me. That's me. Testing, testing, testing. Five twenty-two from Pfeiffer using Breeze. He said, "For the science, buddy." <laughs> Thank you, Pfeiffer. He was a guest on a ninety-nine. He was the one that brought all the Jack Parsons info on the episode. Uh. Uh, next up was Fletcher. He sent in 30,303 sats using Fountain, and he's got a request. He wants to know if we can play the goat boost in reverse. So there's that. No, oh, you just... You just un, uh, un you just unbisected a goat. I know. It's uh I was floored by how similar it sounded forward and reversed. I, I, it it really is you're right about that. Like there's really not a whole lot of difference there. So I mean, I th- creating a goat and killing a goat, they're evidently the same thing. I didn't I, know that. I think we'll have to make this one giant boost sound. That's backwards and forwards. You know, that's like a, what do they call that thing where, uh, that the word is the same, like race car palindrome or something, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I like that. It's a sonic palindrome. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Uh, let's see. We sent in a ton of test boosts. We were, we've been, uh, working on Gamatria boosts and you can get unique messages through gal in the, in the chat room. So. We're seeing a bunch of weird numbers. And uh, let's see. Next one was 120 sats from Servo. 120 sats will boost karma to Gal, who is the amazing chatbot that uh, Servo keeps up in the green room. So be sure to shoot over 120 sats at some point. Uh, and then for today, first one that came in was 30, uh, 3,333 sats from Podverse, who is anonymous. So thank you. Oh. Uh, Bully Steeds, 3,300 sats. Welcome Dave Jones to Behind the Schemes. Bully Steeds, great. Sometimes known Thank as you. Boosty Steed. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Good uh, to be here. 786 sats from Servo. He said, hi, Dave. Hey. <laughs> what up? <laughs> what up, dog? Uh, 8888 from Carolyn. She said, break a leg. Hi, Dave. Booberry, I love your outfit today. Oh, well, yeah. thank you. I was I put on my denim jacket for the live stream video that we were going to try and do, but couldn't get it to work, unfortunately. 
and then two th- oh god we had a bunch of men 786 from servo again saying pew uh 3333 from anonymous uh fiend Bo- uh, excuse me it's phoenix and phone boy and they say love behind the schemes go nude podcasting <laughs> nudepodcastapps.com that's it uh see brooklyn 112 said boost the schemes with a thousand sets uh <laughs> and a millennial <laughs> since 1608 and he said my grandpa had gamatria and forgot where he put his goat sickle oh my goodness <laughs> uh and i think that last one that uh in a in a millennial sent uh if you go back in the chat you'll see the the gamatria boost it says jet fuel can't melt steel beams and you can get some 911 associated emojis in the chat there uh, and then last but not least, 3333 from Carolyn. I see so many opportunities for video 2.0 from gaming streamers to DIY creators. What are Dave's thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, well, I think yeah, that's a hard, I mean, video has taken off, uh, in centralized systems only so far. Uh, I think, and it just all goes back to the bandwidth. I mean, you push, it just takes so much bandwidth to push video and seeing sort of the way it works behind the the scenes a little bit with, uh, with Alex over in no agenda tube, you know, it's no joke. The bills and the the bandwidth and everything is, is a big deal. And the storage, um, he's dealing with that right now with how to, you know, whether or not to keep certain storage formats because it's. Uh, I mean, he doesn't have a ton of content on there and all of a sudden is, you know, things are blowing up. So like in some ways, I don't even know how YouTube does it. it it's almost like it's almost like magic uh, how they are able to get that much disk space. I mean, the only thing I can imagine is that they have some sort of like crazy uh, dedupli- block level deduplication going on on their on their their storage system where it just where they where they're not actually storing or taking up disk space for everything everything is is highly deduplicated that's the only thing i can see that would even make this thing work but i i don't know it's it's yet to be seen that i think the only way video works is if it's super decentralized not a not a little bit decentralized but like really really decentralized where Literally, everybody is hosting their own content uh, on their own storage. And then uh, just like, you know, just like regular podcasting uh, 2.0, we can you, you just aggregate all of that stuff together because I just don't see these. I don't see it working any other way because of how much band. I, well, so I've got one gig here got one gig pipe here and I got a big hard drive. I could like host all my own stuff here and then push it out. Uh, but then you'd have to have some sort of like peer, uh, like peer tube type system to where everything can swarm it. And I don't know. It's hard. I, th- I think, I think it's yet to be determined. We've, uh, we were des- definitely interested in yeah. at least hosting our own live stream. And I, I can't remember what the name of it was at the moment, unfortunately, but, uh, it was like you, I think you create a, like a bucket on digital ocean and then you install the software there. I'm not a te- technical person by any means. So, you know, what, yeah. sh- what should take three hours is like three days for me usually. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, it's not a, it's not an easy thing to do in any, 
in any shape or fashion. So, like, I think PeerTube is clearly a great thing. It's 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 awesome. And, and if everybody could, if you had people running their own PeerTube instances, maybe even small collectives or tribes that ran their own, like like NoGendaTube is doing, uh, and then I think the key is you have to have a way to pay for it. So. Like one of the things we're, that I'm working with Alex right now is to create a way for providers like platforms to um, to let programmatically let uh, value for value know the value for value system know what they want to charge. So current like currently there if somebody you only pay for a video you're watching on no agenda tube if the person got a value split in the value block in there so what's ha- it could be that that there's all of these video podcasts that are playing and if people didn't go bother to put the feed block in there or or go through podcaster wallet then then uh, Alex would never get paid so then so what we're doing is we're going to change it and so he's going to specify going to be able to specify on a dot well-known URL to like, okay, here, here publicly, here's how much I want to charge. If you have a thing on my system, on my platform, I'm going to get a 20% cut of value for value. And that applies even if you don't even have a value block in there. So like if I'm on a podcast app, listen, uh, listening to a no agenda tube video or watching a no agenda tube video that doesn't have a value block, um, then my app would would still be able to send you know so many sats per minute to Alex for the privilege of him serving me the content. And so I, th- I think that's the way forward. It has to you. There, we got to figure out a way to pay these people back that run the platforms because it's not it's not cheap. No doubt, and that reminds me, I gotta circle back with Alex and get his uh, his value block added to the uh, to that new one that you set up for us for the NA Tube channel. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I, I think I you won't even have to do it once we get this set up. It'll just be automatic. Okay, cool, perfect, awesome. Uh, very legal. Um, all of this sounds so incredibly exciting. Uh, it, it sounds so exciting actually that you should strip all your clothes off and go over to nudepodcastapps.com dot com. Get yourself a, <laughs> a new podcast app where you can check out chapters. You can do the transcripts. You can make and share clips. Uh, there's people tags, location tags. There's value streaming Satoshis, all sorts of cool shit that you can go check out over at nudepodcastapps.com. And of course, this is a value for value production, meaning that we are the public radio motherfuckers. And uh, we put everything out there totally and 100% free. And uh, if there's anything you like about the show, uh, give a little back, whether it's you send in clips or intros or music or ISOs or donations, all of it. Uh, All of it helps keep this show on the air. Hey, baby, your daddy let you boost? Hey, baby, are you listening to a PC 2.0 app? Because you're lit. Mega Master Double Thick. Hello, nurse. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic. Do a commercial, you're off the artistic roll call. Every word you say is suspect. You're a corporate whore. And uh, end of story. Put on your 3D glasses now. Nine nine nine. 
That's also the easiest way that you can uh, help produce this show. If you've got a question for Dave Jones, or perhaps you want to give him your best scream, you can call up that telephone number at 612-2637-999 and leave a voicemail. We'll uh, be sure to get to it on the show. Do we have any voicemails? Well, we don't have any voicemails. So that's perfect. Uh, we did have one last boost. It was a thousand sats through Fountain. They said Oswald was framed and Ruby was a patsy <laughs> from Anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Uh, so I guess to kick this party off proper, um, I had some, I guess, work-related questions that I wanted to toss your way to, to get a... Um, just a feel for and, and maybe different ways that we can look uh, on this particular production of, of progressing forward. Um, is every, does everybody tune into your show to listen to things about work? Is yes. that, is that <laughs> the really exciting stuff that everybody wants? Okay. <laughs> Wait, I want to hear people talk about work. We're all, uh, so both lavish and I were both, uh, from, we have theater backgrounds. So the, like the behind the scenes stuff, we, we kind of get into it, make it show material all the time. Cool. Um, actually, that was the the video live stream that I was doing yesterday was live streaming show show prep for today. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Alex has had a live stream. It's like a like a forty hour live stream or something of him just like programming. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's just it's just watching somebody's code go up and down the screen. ASMR Co- copy, baby, paste. It's, it's the hot new ticket ASMR. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I guess continuing on with the the video topic just a little bit, is it feasible to mix and match audio and video items in a feed? Um, what do you mean feasible? Okay, so when I was trying to set up the No Agenda Tube with the podcast index, you um, oh my goodness, the uh, I speaking of Dame Jennifer, I was using Dame Jennifer's animated No Agenda feed to compare and contrast the the feed that I have for no agenda tube, right? Mm-hmm. And because it was like four o'clock in the morning and I wasn't paying attention, I may have inadvertently copied and pasted Dame Jennifer's uh feed rather than my own into the behind the schemes uh RSS. And uh for a while there <laughs> we ended up with animated no agenda items uh pointing cool. in the behind the schemes feed on Curio. Cool. You hijack you did a feed hijack. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. I wasn't paying attention. That's what I get. <laughs> okay, so you're you're uh you're a feed pirate. Yes. So now 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 what is your question? <laughs> Uh, so is there a legitimate way to, uh, mix and match these? So, so, you know, let's say we take a, um, you know, I, I shoot a video for, a uh, on the, on the boot, excuse me, on the ground report, right? Yeah. I go somewhere, um, and I create a video of that interview, but then I also create a clip of the interview that we play in the show. So on the show, you would hear just the audio, but released right above it would mm. be the video from the interview. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, see that. <clears throat> so uh, video and podcasting has traditionally been handled with a different feed. So you would have, you know, you see these, uh, you have such and such podcast, uh, you know, behind the schemes and then in, in parentheses audio and then behind the schemes in parentheses video. And it's like two, they're serving two different pieces of content for the enclosure with each. And that all goes back to the, to the original 
uh, RSS specification where Dave Weiner was adamant that there's only one enclosure allowed per item. So you can only reference one piece of media if you want to be RSS 2.0 compliant. Now, that actually isn't in the spec. Um, and, and I've written about this before that um, I don't think an actual, re- I don't think a reading of the spec will will lead you to walk away thinking that it's only one enclosure. But he has clarified it many times and said, no, that's, that's what it is, one enclosure. So whatever, fine. That's what has typically happened. And, and that's not a criticism necessarily because what, what he always said was, uh, if you want to change things, if you want to add stuff uh, and make and modify the way this whole thing works, well, then just make a namespace. And so that's the way you do it. That's the way you change RSS is you name you make a namespace and now you, now you can do whatever you want. And so that's what we did with the alternate enclosure tag. So now you can put a podcast colon. Uh, Why did I say colon? That sounds like this is very British. A colon uh, alternate enclosure tag. And you can specify video or multiple audio sources or anything like, you know, anything you want. So you can do it that way. The drawback now is the typical chicken and egg thing is that there's only a couple of apps that support it. Podcast Addict and Pod LP. So, you know, you, you, the answer is yes, you can put audio and video both in the same feed. Um, you could also, this would be kind of ugly, but I mean, like if it, if you're do if you're duplicating an episode and just saying okay every time I post an episode I want an audio and a video alternate enclosure that's that's your boy but if you're gonna do um, just sometimes audio and sometimes video uh, then you can absolutely just mix and match and you're only referencing one enclosure anyway so that's that's good but alternate enclosure really is the best way forward for this I think. Very interesting. Yeah, we're uh, we're not looking to get super deep into video, but I, I got some little stuff I've been playing with. Uh, of course, there's the um, it's like audiogram, so it'll show you the the waveform of the audio file. And uh, I was making there some there for a while, like uh, Grumpy Old Ben's. You know, it, it had the Matrix background on the show art that was static, hmm. but um, I was playing around with uh, making this template where you could just take any clip and put into this after effects file and then the grumpy old Ben's logo, the actual text would vibrate to the audio wave and then the matrix would be scrolling in the background. And, um, interesting. That could be <laughs> a cool, that could be like a cool, like, you know, this is the clip from this episode and yeah, know, whatever yeah. BTS treatment, um, exists for it. I know there's something that's just, <laughs> it would be easy. <laughs> it would be easy to like script up a way to convert that into some sort of like audiogram or whatever they call those on social media too, where it would just like, you know, just squirt that out because mm-hmm. it's, it's such a predictable video type thing. And I'll have to circle back and find a link and shoot it over to you to check it out. Um, yeah. Has anyone considered value and value? Oh my God! Value enabling the no agenda stream twenty four seven. I haven't. I don't know. I mean, like you could. Well, I mean, if theoretically, if all the shows that played on the stream, 
uh, if they if every one of them had a value block, then you could make a uh, like a synthetic feed that would just watch the it would watch the feed it watch the node agenda stream and then just like replace almost like spooler.fm does where they're replacing uh in in like very quickly they're replacing feed content or adding to it and then uh, updating metadata and stuff I, I mean i could see it yeah it would be a little weird I don't. I don't think podcast apps would ha- would know what to do with it very well. But I could see. It. I could see it kind of interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I wasn't sure how you would necessarily take all the shows and and divide the the split up evenly. So I didn't know if it was maybe a, mm. a hypothetical situation where just one hundred percent went straight to the index or something, or you know maybe Sir Bemrose and and Adam get a split, or uh, I'm not sure if Void Zero has a node or not. Um, I would think that would make sense outside of a, and here here's what I want to happen. I want value for value, um, it, the the value block spec to become greater than just RSS, and so you know it to be embeddable in web pages and just like all kinds of things like you're talking about, and delivered back in because it, it really is just I mean it's just a structure, it's a data structure is all it is. So you can you could deliver it in any format you want. It doesn't have to be a RSS. You could deliver it back through you know as a as a uh, you know as a frame as a frame header within an MP3 or you know so you could deliver it anywhere you wanted to. So I think from a like there's probably two or three different ways to to deliver it in the stream so that any anything that's looking at it uh, whether it be a web browser or a podcast app or whatever. Um, could could see it and then like know how to tap into some to some sat sending interesting well you know what they say about it getting weird when the going gets weird the weird turn pro so there's that (laughs) (laughs) uh this was another question about video i think i've already know the answer to this one um chapters is something that i was really hankering to get into for a long while and we finally started doing it it's been a whole lot of fun um we try and keep the show art in the chapter file to look like a like an old trashy newsstand magazine almost like weekly world news um is there any room to embed video files just because the, the gifts that we use, uh, those will play on loop, but it takes too much time realistically for what it is to try and pare them down to a, a size, an actual file size. It's not like, you know, 80 gig or excuse me, 80 megabytes for this GIF. you know, trying to, right. trying to chip away at it. So you get it under that 9.8 or whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's a hard one because you know the yeah you could you could do it with the chapters you could reference a you know a media file it, it like y- you could reference a media file that's like base sixty four encoded or uh, you could do it a few different ways but I mean once you get up to certain sizes yeah I don't yeah, it's like is it just me or do animated gif like I feel like animated gifs should load faster than they do like the i feel like we're still loading animated gifs at the same speed we were in like 2001 and and i don't understand why like i've got 
I've got a, you know, like a one gig uh, internet connection. And if I hit a, an animated GIF of any size, it's just like one frame a second, you know, and I have to sit there and wait. I'm like, what, what is the limitation here? I don't understand the bottleneck. Yeah. I'm, I'm really not sure. I, I guess it's just cause it has to sit there and render every image. And for the, for the stuff that we do specifically, because I try and get a good chunk of video, um, in the show art to then turn it into, uh, a gif. Like for this week on this episode, it's, a. Uh, <laughs> the show art comes from the Steve Jobs and podcast debut panel that they did. I uh, saw that one. It looks really cool. So, you know, we got to go in and clip it out and turn it into a GIF and do all the effects and whatnot. Um, yeah. You know, Cold Acid actually brought up uh, the second part that I forgot to add into the question. Um, what about like WebM stuff? WebM. Yeah, it's a, a super yeah. tiny video. Yeah, that we have, we have a uh, a new tag in the namespace called uh, images, podcast images, and it's it's meant for stuff like this. And some of these things can, I think, I don't know about this one specifically, but some of this stuff eventually sort sort of gets imported into chapters. So, like the images tag is based on the HTML five images tag, where you can reference a whole bunch of different images in a single tag rather than just one. And so the idea there is that you're re- referencing multiple resolutions or display sizes and, uh, you can efficiently deliver all that con all that information at once. And so what happens sometimes is you with what we've seen so far is we end up taking a tag like location and then saying, okay, this is really useful. It could also be useful in the chapter itself. So then we, you know, we'd go in and tweak the chapter format to accept this, what used to be a, or what started out as a tag now is like an actual piece of data in the chapter. So I could see that maybe with, uh, maybe with the images tag, you could you know, deliver multiple sort of image types so that it gracefully falls back to something easier to handle. If the, if it's like a low power phone or something, hmm. it's an interesting idea. Well, I'm I'm glad that you uh, brought up the location tag because that it, this is not really uh, so much a question, um, but the location tag is one that I'm really pining for. And if I was still on tour and was able to do a podcast while traveling, I would love the ever loving shit out of that tag to you know say like this is where I am, this city, and you know next week we'll be in this city, and it just it would work seamlessly. Um, yeah. Be cool. I mean, I hope I hope more people do that because it's it would make it, everybody's dream is to be able to do things like that. Filter on what where a podcast is about. Like, you see, you just it's just a natural thing to want to do. You want to go to a, a search engine and say, you know, I want all the podcasts about uh, Dublin, Ireland, or something like that. And but you just there's just not a way to do it. Everything's real hacky and gross. Mm. No doubt. Um, <laughs> is there a, I don't know if this is going to be a strange question or not. Is there any fail safes built into the index to prevent a quote unquote evil index from emerging? An evil index? <laughs> what, it, what do you mean? It already is an evil index. <laughs> Haven't you seen all the call girl and escort spam? Oh, I mean, like, yes. Hey man, that, right. that's just people, you know, trying, trying to get yeah. by, man. Oh, uh, just, <laughs> they're just making ends meet. It's the American dream, just getting by. 
that pew reminds me i had a message for uh from dame jennifer to you dave hi dave <laughs> hey, hey jennifer how's it going that's uh that's like uh, yeah Jen, we had to ban dame jennifer's uh math jingle uh, it's just too much on the show i mean it's like it's just it's just way too much too too hot can't, can't handle it we only we can only break it out on special occasions when we can uh have cho- have some chocolate and pair it with a good wine. That's mm. uh, that's the time to break out that jingle. Man, you're wanting me to bust out the uh, opener clip from last week. Oh my goodness! Uh, we had a thousand sats from Amdushis uh, using Fountain. He said, "Dave Jones is the Yoda of podcasting 2.0." Metal horns up, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, the uh, the yoda of podcasting i am <laughs> and then 8888 from abel kirby he's boosting the uh the live tag on curio caster for episode 101 he said best scissoring i've heard all day uh gj exclamation <laughs> point <laughs> see this this I, I told this to adam one time i'm like we should there should be a show where the entire show is nothing but boosts it's just nothing but reading boost messages because it's the best content ever. It would be essentially like a call. It, it could be the C-SPAN call-in show. And you're just like, you just take a boost and read it. You could even go, you could split it up and go to like, you know, okay, here we're going to go to uh, to the to the blue line. Now we're going to go to the red line. Now we're going to go to the purple line, you know. And like, you could you could split it up that way and just read boost from each from each one. I, th- I think an all-boost show, that's what, that's... That's the way to go. Yeah. Do you remember that guy a long time ago who he had this idea of of just having a website and he he promoted the the crap out of it and it was just a website and it had a specific uh, resolution. Let's just say like nine hundred by uh, seven hundred, and it was just this big grid and he sold every pixel was like I don't know a thousand dollars or something like that. So you could have, if you wanted to put your little, your, an advertisement there on his website, you bought it, you added up how, you know, the vertical and the horizontal resolution and multiplied it and that, that times a thousand. And that's how much you paid him to have it on there. And so that, but the it, he PR'd it so much that it ended up with like, you know, that's it. A million dollar homepage. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. He PR'd the heck out of it so much that, I mean, he, you know, he made a million bucks just because everybody was like, oh, well, everybody's going to, it's a a cool idea. And everybody's going to to this site anyway to look at. And so he got his viewer count so high that he sold all of his ads. That's the, what you should do for the boost. You say, okay, this thing's going to be, this, this, this podcast is going to be uh, 20 minutes long. And you only get a boost. Uh, you only get read on the show if the boost is at least a hundred thousand sats. And so, and we're gonna we're just gonna plow through them as fast as possible. And then it would be, and then you just PR it all over podcast news. And then everybody's gonna tune in and listen. And boom, million dollar podcast. Well, it also plays with that, um, you know, how uh, if you got one person standing out front of a door, then you have two people standing out front of a door, then it becomes four people, and then this huge line forms. (laughs) Yeah. The first guy was just there to do a psychological test to see if people would line up. (laughs) Yeah. And then you get, and you, and you go and you buy a bunch of North Korean uh, Twitter, uh, Twitter bots to piss Elon off, and you just like, 
post all over Twitter about, oh my God, have you heard this podcast? This is so awesome. And then you should, I mean, there you go. Boom. Yeah, we, retirement. Uh, retirement fund. We've, uh, we've been playing a lot with the just different types of boost sounds. Uh, of course, there's the Gamatria boost. Um, there's 148 unique messages that you can receive from Gal in the chat by boosting specific amounts. Um, uh. But here's, a, here's just a quick rundown of the sounds we've been using. Uh-oh. Wow, <laughs> that's a uh, audio exploration, is what that is. Was that the audio only uh, music stripped out? David Lee Roth is that what that was? Yes, it is. Yeah, I love that guy, <laughs> Diamond Dave. Uh, Lavish is a big Van Halen fan, so I uh, pulled it specifically for him. I don't know how old you are, but do you remember Dave TV? No, I don't. That was before your time, I guess, maybe. Uh, yeah, that was uh, David Lee Roth. I don't know what kind of deal he had with MTV, but he would like on, I think it was more than once, he would come on the, like just come on the channel and convert everything into David Lee Roth. He call it Dave TV. And so it was like he took over the show, like he took over the channel or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Ew. Oh, it's, uh, hmm. now that you mention it, it does sound. I wonder if Dad had it, a copy of it uh, recorded on VHS or something. Because it, it definitely does sound familiar. I remember, like, uh, everything was Dave. Everything's Diamond Dave. Yeah, I think it was It was part of the video, too, but he did it in real life once. I think that was, it was, I think it was a double, like a, it, it was more, it was more than just the Just a Gigolo video. Hmm. Uh, we had another boost come through. It was uh, two, 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 two from Carolyn. She said, Booberry, for this amazing gif I am enjoying on CurioCaster. What is Steve Jobs doing with his hands while why plotting to take over the world, of course? <laughs> um, I guess uh, the 2222, I should hit her with this. Nice. That was a fun one to make. Um, I guess. We- did, you make did you make that one? Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. Good one. That's great. That's great. I did that one in the, uh, oh God, where'd it go? Uh, this one. Oh, another classic. That's fantastic. And, um, the last one, which will be in intermission, it was the, uh, the Pokemon got to boost them all. (laughs) Oh, oh, man, that one got me. That one got me so hard. Yeah, we got, uh. I uh, sent in a boost to bowl after bowl and, and texted the new lyrics or boosted the new lyrics into Delorean. She's like, I got this. I'm going to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> she did a great job too. That was awesome. Yeah. We, uh, and then we went back and did like a little post-processing and re-recorded some of it. And we'll, uh, we'll get a longer version out for sure. It's on a list. <laughs> so oh, did I, <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> I guess I did. <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> Oh, no, no, you're going to, I'm never going to live that one down now. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. Oh, no, I'm the, see, I'm the, I'm the master of double entendre. I'm, I'm, 
I'm the world's worst at saying things that sound so dirty by a complete accident. Ew. So one time, uh, perfect timing. So one, uh, my, my greatest hit is, um, so one time we're at this restaurant called, uh, Logan's Roadhouse. I think it's a big chain. And then, um, and so me and my wife are sitting there and, uh, we had just finished eating and so then my dad, my dad had all, has all, he's got all these one liners that he would just say all growing up. I mean, like just the craziest stuff. He he has a million of them. And so one, uh, one of the ones he, he would always say was, uh, if somebody said, you know, Hey, do you want some dessert? Um, he'd say, uh, no, he's like, I, oh, I'm so full. I'd, I'd have to rub it on the outside. You know, it's like, I can't, I can't fit any more in there. <laughs> and so, and you know everybody knows his one line, so I, I don't know where this. So we're we're sitting there, and the the waiter comes by, and it's this this young dude. I mean, he's like you know eighteen or something like that. Ew. He comes by, and he's like, uh, you know, can I get y'all some dessert? And so I say, just off the cuff, I'm like, uh, uh, you'd have to rub it on me. <laughs> and, and he was, and I didn't even realize what I had said. And he and he his eyes got super wide and he was like, oh, no. And so he just trucked it, just got he got out of there so fast. And then and so then he brings the, you know, he like like five minutes later, he brings the check and he's like a freaking ninja. I mean, it's just like the check just appeared on the day, you know, on the table. Like he was every if he if he could have used a fishing rod and slung it on the table from 100 feet away he would have done that instead this kid thought i was so gay hitting on him yeah how about uh we go over to the bathrooms and i can uh tap my foot beside the stall to <laughs> exactly. <yours>. <laughs> exactly exactly it was awful it was all i felt so sorry for him i was because then you can't say oh no 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 because then you know you're just digging yourself in a hole so. right <laughs> and you just have to commit and never say sorry damn it <laughs> yeah, I also ordered, uh, or a buddy of mine ordered uh, at Subway, uh, telling him what vegetables he wanted on his sandwich. He ordered some bell pepper, so that was good, instead of bell pepper. Nice. Uh, yep. Two more boosts came in, 16, th- uh, I'm sorry, 1368 from Pfeiffer with a little owl emoji. He just got, there is no place like home boost. So the Wizard of Oz themed one, and then 6969 from Spencer, he said, that one got me so hard. Got me so hard. <laughs> so hard. <laughs> oh, that one's going to return to bite me in the butt. <laughs> yeah. Uh, podcasting is the perfect platform for people who constantly put their foot in their own mouth. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. Yes, that would be me. Hashtag me too. Pew. <laughs> yeah, another greatest hit. Uh, when uh, I was at Home Depot one day and there's, the, you know, you know how like Pew. when you don't have any... Uh, when the when the checkout person doesn't have any like there's nobody there to check out so they just stand like at the front of the of the aisle to let you know that you know they've got mm-hmm. uh, that they're available go. yeah rail yeah and so I'm I'm walking I'm walking towards the towards the checkout and I'm I'm not what you call an extrovert but I I interacting with people doesn't make me nervous yeah, personable so, person yes personable and so uh, so I'll just you know I I I said. Uh, I said, uh, it looks like you're uh, ready to check me out, and uh, she 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 gave me the look too. I, I was, and then I realized I was like, oh shit, why did I say that? That's not what I meant. 
I'm just a friendly guy, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm just a fun guy, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to say that either. You know? uh, one, two, three, four, five. Holy shit. From Sir Spencer again. He said, we'd rub it on you, Dave, so long as you ask politely <laughs> like that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Master, master of foot and mouth. Yes. We often lay down tarps in the green room for, uh, for shows. It just, it gets wet everywhere all the time. Uh, <laughs> 2469 for Mandusha saying super gay. Uh, I'm well, hmm. It's the rainbow flag emoji, so super rainbow flag. <laughs> and then last was uh, 8888 from Abel Kirby saying one more boost just to rub it in. <laughs> Good one. Nice. Nice. Approved. Um, so I did ask this question and i didn't uh i didn't really explain myself i guess um going back to the evil index idea is there any room for a group like google apple windows amazon so on and so forth to i guess hijack the protocols or the code and in turn release their own evil version of it i guess you what uh what do you mean what are you saying like that there somebody would would launch a uh, podcastindex.net that was like exactly the same or something. Yeah. You know, cause I, I feel like, um, a lot of things that emerge to fight back. Let's just, let's just throw it out there. Something like the new world order, right. Mm. Uh, or something that just goes against the grain. Uh, more often than not, it finds itself to be co-opted. It, it seems look at like, um, Occupy mm-hmm. Wall Street, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, even though that's a you know actual organization with people trying to do protests, which is not at all related to the index and what y'all are trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure how else I can uh, phrase it per se. Yeah, I mean, I think I get, I think I get your meaning. So, it, it, I guess that doesn't bother me too much. I mean, because the the things that have well, I mean, Apple already exists. Mm-hmm. You know, Apple's directory already exists. There are other directories that exist. The thing that we have done different from just from being a directory, let's just take take all the podcasting 2.0 stuff out, take all that stuff away and say, okay, what is it about the podcast index as a podcast directory that is different than any other directory? Because Blueberry has a directory. Apple has a directory. Uh, I think Spreaker may have one. Google clearly has one. The thing that we did different is we used extreme openness. That's on getting it in, getting stuff in and getting it out. And so the getting, you know, the getting it in part is that you, anybody can put their feed in there. Uh, so we, we accept the feed as long as you, sign up uh, or you know, go through the ad page or whatever. Uh, there's a various routes to get it, to get things in there. And then we, um, we look at it and verify it and that kind of thing after the fact uh, to make sure it's not junk or fraudulent or something like that. But um, so that's, that's as open as you can get. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to just like sign up for an account. You can go to the ad page. We can just, we'll just find your feed on the web and stick it in there. 
then on the out part, we we dump all of it into an easy to use SQL SQLite database file that you can download, and we do that once a week. And so I think I don't. I'm not sure that a large you know usurper type company could. I don't think they would want or even care to pull that off. Number one, but then I'm not so sure that they can because we we've dealt with uh, some large companies before. And the first thing that always comes up in the conversation is, uh, you know, Hey, we're going to, our legal team is going to need you to change some terms of service because blah, 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 blah. That comes up. That's first number one conversation. And it's it's so swamped with legal uh, issues when it comes to those to the big companies uh, when they already own multiple properties. I just don't think they can do what we what we can do. That um, Murray Rothbard, you know, the Austrian e- economist he he was he said uh, one time that a small a nimble a small nimble uh, a small businessman. Uh, or small business person who's nimble and entrepreneurial uh, can outmaneuver a large company any day of the week, and is and it has is primarily because of that. Like the small, the little guy can do things that the big guy can't uh, in a lot of ways. Now, now sometimes when it comes to raw purchasing power and some of those big, you know, uh, advantages of scale, the big the big guys clearly have an advantage. I'm not saying that that's not the case, but they're uh, they're on the flip side of that. Though there are things that small uh, outfits can do that big ones can't, and especially when it comes to giving things away for free. And and one of part of our model is um, we don't charge for anything. There, so so therefore we're not. Um, there's there's a limit to our liability for things. You know, if we start if we start expecting people to pay, uh, if we start having paying customers, then all of a sudden our dynamics, our legal dynamics, change. Um, and so it, I, I'm I'm not too worried about it. I mean, I know that's a long rambling answer, but you know, I haven't really thought about it in that way before. And I think you know, I don't I don't think I I just don't I don't think it's a big concern. I'm not worried about that at all. No doubt. And I, I think I do agree to uh, to a certain extent, but it just it kind of caps out where my familiar, familiar ugh, my familiarity with the English language apparently um, with just the I guess the technical side of you know how is the information distributed, uh, how open it is, how anyone can um, get in there and, and I guess create a copy and start their own sort of index as an offshoot. Um, mm-hmm. I was just curious, and this is this is sort of. Um, piggybacking off of something that I've heard Abel Kirby state before, but I think the most impressive and coolest aspect about the podcast index as a whole is is the permissionless nature of it. Hmm. Where you don't, you know, you I don't have to worry about, you know, yourself and Adam Curry saying, oh, well, you know, these guys have said the wrong thing and they're gone, they're out. And, you know, we want to get to the point where we are self-hosting um, our files. We're kind of already there. I mean, I'm dealing with the feed by hand every week, which has uh, been a lot of fun. 
<laughs> fun. Yes, yes. Not fun is not the right word. Yes. Be sure to check out Animated No Agenda in the BTS feed, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Once a week, we switch to Animated No Agenda and then back real quick. Killing it. You got to um, catch it quick. But uh, yeah, it's like you don't need to ask for permission from anybody to record what you want to record, put it up on the internet, and then take your file and point it to it. Um, yeah. And that's, it's a lot of fun. It, it, it's really illuminated that self-ownership of your own material, which is just, it's so much yeah. fun. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think that's what, there's always, there's always going to be a need for that. Like, there I, I feel the uh, the pull in the other direction where you want to curate things and to make a really high quality directory. Uh, that would be something like uh, Listen Notes or Apple Podcasts where you have like you, ha- you almost have an image that you want to uphold where it's like, oh, we only you know, we have the we have the best. We have the best content. And uh, it's it's very um all the image of the, all the artwork is uh, top notch and highly curated and everything's 3000 by 3000 uh, PNG. And like I, I can, I can see the pull for that, but then uh, it's sort of like iOS versus Android. I mean, Android is just kind of like, I mean, it's, it's a wild west of whatever you get and it's a bigger market than, than iOS. And so I, I think there's, Everybody wants the really curated thing until they hit its until they run up against its limit. Then they want to escape. And you always want to escape at some point because it, the the highly curated thing never has everything that you want. And that doesn't it, we we tend to turn think of this type of scenario in terms of like a uh, a spectrum where you have uh, on on one side you have all the safe stuff and then on the, on the other side you have uh all the horrible stuff and so like but that's I don't think it's really like that what it's more like is you just can't find a certain thing that you want it, it's not like it's edgy or uh bad or dark web or something like that a lot of times these uh, well, I mean, look at, at Buzzsprout. They've already said 60% of the podcasts on their on their network uh, are not in Apple Podcasts. So that's 120,000 feeds, roughly. So you have 60,000 podcasts that Buzzsprout produces. They're not even on Apple Podcasts. And since most of the directories sync from Apple Podcasts as their sort of seed seed index... Uh, you end up with just all this stuff missing. Now, Google Google's probably the closest thing to to us because they crawl, which is we we do as well. They crawl the web trying to find feeds, and um, so they're they're probably the closest. Yeah, but but Google also is their directory is fairly irrelevant from what I can tell within podcasting, and they don't. They don't go that extra step and and make it downloadable and that kind of thing. So, I don't know. And I think, um, yeah, I, th- I think I think everybody wants the shiny the shiny slick stuff until until they need to get out of there and find something that they want. 
I don't know. I'm one of those guys. The stickier the floor of the bar, the better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I like it a little rough and tumble sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. But you know, like, but w- w- I guess what I'm saying is that they don't. W- when you hear it, when you hear it described, it's like you you come away with this impression that oh, if it's not an if it's not an Apple Podcasts, it must be Alex Jones. Right. Very interesting. Or it, you know, or it must be uh, War Room. Well, but X twenty two or whatever. Yeah, yeah X twenty two. But I mean, you those you you could you could stuff all of those podcasts referenced in that way. You could stuff all of those in a tote bag. You know, what about the other? You know, uh, one and a half million podcasts that are not on Apple Podcasts that have nothing to do with anything edgy, nothing in any way. Hmm. Very fascinating. Um, I, I guess to take a little bit of a pivot here, uh, how feasible do you think po- federated podcast networks are? Um, the the reason I bring this up, I I've emailed the creator of. I'm not a huge fan of the name, but there's tons of shows that I've always enjoyed that are featured on this. The group is called Alt Media United, um, and basically it's just an aggregator for all of these conspiracy-related shows. Uh, mm-hmm. Awake, Not Woke, um, if you remember Adam and John, they brought a clip of that show, and they were talking about... Uh, uh, you know, it's like, oh, you know, it was two girls in the podcast. They're like, oh, you know, a bunch of old guys found our show. And we're playing clips of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that, yeah. But uh, the Grimerica guys are on there. Uh, Higher side chats. You know, all these huge name conspiracy related podcasts. And uh, I've, mm-hmm. I've emailed the dude that's uh, the creator, trying to get him on board with the uh, streaming sets and whatnot, uh, onboarding into podcasting two point Oh, cool. I haven't heard much back from him yet, but I, I'm hoping that you get him and then it just trickles down from there. Mm. Um, yeah, but I'm it, looking through here. A bunch of, bunch of podcasts on here. I just, the, the alt part really gets me. It's like, how could you put a bigger target on your back? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not a good branding. <laughs> yeah. You just come up. Yeah. That, uh, fringe.fm. Is that, a, is that a thing too here? Or is that like a live stream that's on their website? Listen to fringe.fm. That must be like a live stream. It's possible. I mean, they got tons of shows listed there. I think even the Grimerica guys are on there, too. Um, Never even heard of this this outfit. But, uh, you know, it would be cool to... I know Adam's uh, talked about how podcast networks in general... Um, oh, my God, Sir Spencer. Way to completely detract. <laughs> Booberry is the leader of the alt fright. <laughs> <laughs> nice, good one. Um, you know, it, so getting back to my point, Adam has stated before that podcast networks don't work because you've got this one like centralized location where they're all trying to control the material. But um, you know, we we've been. And I shouldn't even say we, it's really been a a project that Midas has been kind of working on in the background. I haven't talked to him in a while about it, but, uh, he, he was interested in doing an idea of federating the, a lot of the no agenda stream shows and then other podcasts that he knows that are not featured on the stream and like Mm. tie all of our, uh, butt broadcasters together so that when one goes live, you would go live on all these other different shows and websites and whatnot. Um, and I just I think I think that would be interesting to see these podcasts, these federated networks, kind of uh, conglomerate like the Lightning Network is. I guess if that comparison works, I think they well, 
so I, th- I think the podcast networks don't ultimately work. And I, I very specifically say ultimately, because they do work in the short term, you can get funding and you can get the, you know, you can get one off the ground, but I think ultimately they fail because of that. It's, it's all got to do with advertising. Uh, the, the shows get aggravated because they don't get the ad spend and they don't get the money and all this, you know, this, there's a lot of politics around the advertising stuff and, right. and financials that just don't work. But, but something like, if you look at the no agenda stream, uh, the no agenda, uh, no agenda network as a, as a podcast, it's a sort of podcast network and it works fine because nobody cares, because nobody cares about all the, pol- you know, all that stuff. Right. And everybody's, nobody's taking ads. Um, but I mean, like, there's this. I don't know. Alt media, alt media united here. I'm this one podcast called "Greetings Earth Family." I mean, that's cool. <laughs> but uh, like the stuff like that. I mean, as long as there's no, uh, as long as the egos and stuff stay out of the way. I mean, yeah, absolutely, it can work. And I think the IPFS stuff. I'm super hopeful that that will live up to the promise that it's been you know, wanting to for years now. You, I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, there's a podcast on the NA stream called Our Big Dumb Mouth. Uh, Midnight Mike, the host of that show, he's gearing up to do some really heavy duty lifting with the uh, IPFS. He just got a whole cluster <laughs> node set up. Um, I don't know enough about it to have a real opinion, but I'm always down to learn more. So I've I've got our feed added to that. Uh, ipfspodcast.com website oh that's good yeah that's cool yeah i, yeah. I hope it yeah i hope it works yeah it, we'll, we'll 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 see because it's yeah ipfs is just it's it's crashy mm. it's yeah it's it i don't know i've been so disappointed so many times <laughs> i gotcha well i mean at, at the end of the day i'm literally game to try anything at this point <laughs> Yeah, it's all scissors. I mean, that's how you get. That's how you get the things going. That's how you figure out what works and what doesn't. You just grab your scissors and take off running. Yeah, uh, we had two boosts come through. Uh, Five thousand sets from the Podfather himself, Adam Curry said, "Look at Spotify. They didn't replicate. They claimed to innovate. LOL." That's true. Very true. Yeah, they had some douchey comments about RSS feeds that uh, y'all covered on Podcasting 2.0. What was it uh, Friday? Um, and then, uh, <laughs> Adam addresses the elephant in the room with another 5,000 sats from CurioCaster. He's boosting the live tag, by the way. And he said, <laughs> advertising ruins everything. Yep. A hundred percent. No doubt. Yeah, and that, that, yeah, they, they, uh, yeah, they went full douchebag. And, but what do you, my thing is, wait, what do you expect? It's, it is, it's called an investor day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're going to get, you're going to get. You're going to get full douche. So, and that's what you got. <laughs> Hold on. Let me grab my pen. Full douche. Yes. <laughs> um, well, I can probably squeeze in just a couple quick questions here before we uh, get rolling into intermission. I got too many pages. Oh my God. There's so much stuff open. Here we go. Um, music videos. Hmm. Music videos seem like it would be the perfect test run for doing uh sat splits to the production crew and artists i'm very excited to see some people and i actually uh 
there's a, another show you might like. This is like a cultural show out of Japan uh, from the Shinjuku region called Japan What? W-U-T. They've been guests <laughs> on this show. Um, oh, cool. Okay. Great show. It's one of my favorites. And they do like one every two weeks or something. But uh, Is this a Japanese conspiracy theory podcast? It's It's a lot of culture. So they're examining a lot of the COVID reaction from the East perspective, you know, from Japanese civilians and, um, and they get into a lot of like AI technology, you know, uh, like AI takeover, but it's not balls to the wall lizard people by any means. Mm, okay. But, uh, 120, um, who's one of the co-hosts, he is a music video producer and I'm trying to get back in contact with him to, again, get nerded up. So we can get some set streaming to y'all. We can start doing some music videos <laughs> that are value enabled. Like, <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> Here it is, Japan. What Matt Bigelow? Is Matt that... Bigelow and one twenty. Well, he's got he's got a, a value block in the podcast index. I think that's an old ho- holdover from Sphinx. I could be wrong on that. Well, let's look. Let's click through because I know they and... had the Sphinx channel there for a while, but it was inactive. It says unable to find this node. So yeah, maybe so. Yeah. Um, interesting. Very interesting. But yeah, I think, you know, especially cause this, Ew. this, uh, value tag for this episode's got 15 people listed in there. So oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, you're trying to crash everybody's phone is what you're trying to, you know it. I want to make sure we leave an impression. <laughs> uh, um, so that was the music videos. What else do we have in here? Um, I think the band. I, I, I like the fact that people are still making music videos. Like, oh yeah, on you, you know, on YouTube. I, I love that they're because some of them are really funny. Like I, I saw a Black Label Society video the other day for one of their new songs, and it was hilarious. I loved it. The um, I think all the band camp camp stuff is phenomenal. I cannot wait to see that take off or hear that take off more specifically Hmm. um soundcloud i'm not personally i find their platform really hard to navigate when when it comes to finding music that is uh cc compliant uh it's kind of messy yeah it is kind of messy yeah yeah i wouldn't i would not disagree with that is it i don't i don't really i honestly just really don't understand soundcloud i'm not it's sort of like a I don't know. I'm not sure what it's what it's about anymore. It seemed mm-hmm. like it had this this real clear focus when they first launched, but I'm not even I'm not sure what they're what they are. It, it, SoundCloud reminds me of Tumblr, where it's, it's sort of like interesting. Felt it feels like it kind of lost a focus, maybe, <laughs> and it's all become porn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, audio porn. <laughs> Uh, Nick the Rat, he he navigates it every week. He's got tracks he's playing all the time on his show from SoundCloud specifically. So there are people that utilize it and utilize it well. I just, at some point, I've got to eject because this is just burning too much time and I've gotten nowhere. Yeah. Um, I think this is the last question. Uh, what do you think about value for value merch, AKA punk show merch where you pay what you want? Eee, that sounds risky. Um, I, th- I mean, 
in one part of me says that if you're going to if you believe in the value for value model that then you believe in the value for value model i mean all the way um you know it it may not be any more risky than something like you know my favorite analogy is restaurant and fast food with value for value so you know a restaurant is cheap food but they make you pay for it up front uh, with a restaurant you know it's 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 fantastic food and you don't have to pay till you've already eat, eaten it so i think um i think i think it i think it would work um i think radiohead approved, you know they proved that with the pay what you want for our album thing that that one time i mean they I don't know. Part part of me, part of me says I can fully understand, and and I th- I'm like this with podcasts too. I mean, there's some podcasters who are really scared to go from to go to value for value. And I think part of that has to do with the fact that they already have an established base of income, and and they have this idea that they're they're going to have to like switch, like do this flip from stable subscription income or you know through Patreon or something like that, flipped or ads over to full value for value and you don't have to do it that way. But I think, but I can understand the trepidation. It's, it's a natural response. You're like, you know, I, I want predictable income. And in some ways you would say, okay, well, um, I'm willing to give up the possibility for more money in the future to have, uh, less, but, but percept, you know, but the perception of more stability now. So, I can understand that. So there's that. And, and I want, I want to say that first, like I would very much understand somebody being very scared to do something like that. Um, but I'm also pretty convinced that it would probably work pretty well. Um, and cause, because it's got that averaging thing, you know I mean? For every person who gives you, uh, so, you know, your fixed cost is 10 bucks for a hat or, well, you know, for every person that gives you a dollar for that hat you know there or for every five people to give you a dollar for that hat there may be you know one guy that gives you 200 so um i don't know it's it's an interesting question i think uh we're going we're going to attempt it um i've got some history as a screen printer it's how i was passing the pandemic time when i was out of work there for a little bit uh, when- oh, let me let me say this that's a, yeah i'm glad you said that because it it sparked a thought I think that you have, in order to make it work, you have to tell people and be honest about what you're doing, because that's that's when that's what people need to know. They need the information. They you need to tell them clearly. Hey, these shirts cost us X number of dollars, um, and so we're gonna. This is a this is a value for value proposition. As long as people know what what they're taking from you, then they'll do the correct. They'll do a good calculation in their head. Um, I think if you just don't know uh, up front, then that's you know probably a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that would that would make sense. Um, and I, I don't. It also wouldn't necessarily feel appropriate to call like oh uh, you know this is a um like a suggested minimum i.e the absolute cost of what it took to produce the shirt whether it be ink material msrp yeah. the msrp yeah <laughs> um 
I don't know. It's uh, Lavish and I were were talking about it. I'm gonna. I think I'm just gonna order some screens. We gotta find some artwork that'll be easy to do with the one pass. And I mean, it's legit. <laughs> I'm just gonna do it in my garage and <laughs> make up a bunch of shirts and see what happens. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I will be watching to see how it goes because it's a it's a neat idea. The 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 idea that you'd have like a you know hey we're you know we're printing up some shirts and uh, you know if you want one help uh, help us out and these are we think these are going to cost us this much money that is a way a good way to do it because then what you see with a lot of merch is you don't ever know how much the the people you're buying it from get so that's like when you go to a like a tour you know and buy a tour shirt at a yeah. concert <laughs> 60 dollars later yes 60 bucks <laughs> yeah and you're and you're you're like did this shirt cost the band 35 or did it cost them one, you know two dollars you, you don't know and so you, like it there's this added sense of respect when you actually tell people okay this is how much it costs and this is what we're this is what we're you know selling them for yeah no doubt um we uh we have one voicemail. Would you like to hear it? Uh, I would love to hear it. Yes. Happy Sunday! <laughs> um, props to Dave Jones. Go podcasting two point And uh, after the little no agenda segment, I'd like to say, uh, fuck Spotify and Anchor bullshit. Trying to get rid of the RSSS feed. Thanks for thanks for throwing that out, no agenda, and letting us know what the real stuff is. All right, guys, do a great show. Thank you so much. Captain K Man out. Fuck Spotify. Was that a was that a drunk voicemail? <laughs> Sound you like know, a drunk voicemail. We always encourage people to call in <laughs> at any state and every state. RSS, yeah, I like the <laughs> RSSS feed. There's there's three S's in there. <laughs> the RSSS feed. <laughs> Really, really super uh, syndication, yeah. Uh, funny. Really well, stupid, simple syndication. Somebody said the the stream went down. Is it? Is it still up? Uh, it's back up. Yeah, I I dropped out on the uh, BTS stream, but we're still connected to No Agenda. Thankfully, gotcha. Um, that just leaves us at intermission. Uh, I'm so incredibly excited about this intermission. This is our very first value for value enabled stream. So all of the, uh, boosts that are coming out tonight, there is a split. It's got Abel Kirby. It's got Sir Spencer in there. It's got the band members from Torcon uh, seven in there. It's got signs of new growth in there. You got podcast index. You got fucking pod uh sir or podverse and curiocaster everybody's in there it's like a party Ugh. so many rsss feeds yes um but we'll be back we got some more questions for dave jones and uh i hope everybody enjoys this there's some great music in this one
Now, there was a time where spitting on people was cool, but that ain't cool either. You know, depending on what's in your snot, who knows what's going to happen. Think before you do that. Don't do that at concerts. It's just not cool. Live 
We now return to Behind the Schemes. Starring Booberry, Berry, 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 and Lavish, 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 Lavish. Welcome back to second, second half of show for episode 101 of Behind the Schemes. It is indeed June 12, 2022, and we're back. How was your intermission break? Oh, it was great. I got a, uh, a ate a popsicle. Yeah, there, that's what intermission exists for, is so that we mm-hmm. can get up and smoke popsicle. I mean, eat popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> pop, pop, not pot, not popsicle. <laughs> popsicle. <laughs> Don't threaten yeah. me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lordy! So uh, this is the point in the show where we like to take a break and thank all of the people that came out and helped produce this episode. Uh, we refer to them as freaks of hazards, and uh, <laughs> nice. We had a couple of people come through that we uh, that I would like to thank. Uh, first off, we had Coffee Von Dustbubble coming in with their monthly donation of three dollars and thirty three cents. Very legal. Uh, actually, when I <clears throat> when I was checking the the PayPal today, I saw that they had sent uh, an additional three dollars and thirty three cent donation. So six dollars and sixty six cents total that is no there's your evil index (laughs) that is as we uh like to say very incredibly legally that is very satany very (laughs) satany i've got you i've got one of you somewhere saying that i don't remember where i put it at um next up was uh i'd like to thank abel kirby and sir spencer actually because I'm a little behind sometimes in, in checking in on Thunderhub for node information. I, I got to get better about it. Um, I still haven't quite found my seafaring legs for dealing with the lightning node, but uh, it's coming. Um, but they actually... It's a, it's, it's a hard one. It's not easy. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure how he, regular humans do it at all. <laughs> but, uh, they both opened up huge channels, uh, to, to the BTS notes. So I, I really appreciate that all y'all. Thank you. Um, Essie, who's, uh, there was a little bit of a kerfuffle on my end last week, uh, just in, in making sure that the proper attributions went to the proper people and in, in the donations, regardless, Essie would like to be known as Sir Crossstitch, uh, who hangs out in the chat sometimes. So welcome to the party, Sir Crossstitch. And of course, Dame Jennifer sent in all those boost sounds again. Uh, thank you very much for those, Dame Jennifer. And uh, Turbo Faggot, he made... <laughs> Turbo Faggot made a, uh, it's almost like a, uh, advertisement that you would find in a magazine. It says the best in fact, sex enter the green room, 39, 28, 36 blonde, wild, eager, and genetically engineered for love wants to hear from you. $120 per transmission. <laughs> Facts, sex. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then he drops the phone number. 612-263-7999 is the number that you can call for that one. <laughs> Wow, you got you got to be hard up for for uh, for some action if you go for fact sex. <laughs> oh, what would it be called if you had like a dial up fetish? <laughs> <laughs> like an I, you, you really like that ISDN noise? Uh, yeah. 
But uh, that's everyone that came out. If you would like to get involved with this, you can head over to BehindTheSchemes.com or BadRadio.Live. It's, uh, it's where we live on the internet. In plenty of ways that you can reach out and support the show, whether it's uh, through images or clips or ISOs or music, donations, all of it's there. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I would highly recommend it. And uh, I think that's about all. Oh, we do the show every Monday night, typically at 7.30, 9.30, 10.30 Eastern, respectively. We will be having a show tomorrow night, so make sure you tune in for that. We'll uh, we'll have a lavish back, and we'll get into some weird stuff as per usual. Um, now I think that was it. <sighs> um, so Dame DeLorean actually had a couple of questions that uh, she wanted me to ask you real quick. Um, sure. <laughs> just for the lulls, what are your thoughts on NFTs? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, like, NF- so NFTs are like the there's the technical aspect of them which is cool and you can see how it can have a whole lot of uses but it's just the the market is completely useless it's a big, it's just a huge scam I mean like it's it's in that it's, it's tanking so hard this is one of those technologies I think that has to go through the um you know through there there must be a name for this curve this phenomenon where a thing is like a good idea and it's technically sound and then everybody tries to do it just because they can make a whole bunch of money then it crashes hard then maybe it does that again but eventually it levels out and becomes just like this useful technology that's actually like worth something maybe well blockchain did that too i mean there's there's just been uh, at the at the beginning everybody's like oh blockchain you know and then everybody tried to do something with a blockchain and it was all stupid and uh then it all fizzled out and now you're left with a couple of actually useful blockchains that do things that that in certain certain circumstances um other things can't do or it's a good fit for that for that use case but NFTs are so dumb. I mean, like the the way that they're marketed. <laughs> I, I just it's. I know Mere Mortals is gonna uh, Kyron's gonna hate me, but I just, I can't help it. It's just it's it's such a scam. So far, the only use that I've found for NFTs is uh, Gal, the chatbot, will draw tarot cards for you, and uh, all of those are Pepe animated gift tarots that were that were originally NFTs. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, so I did see that ETH, uh, that Ethereum um, was crashing pretty hard uh, today, and maybe that was today or yesterday. If it, it was, I mean, it looked pretty bad. Yeah, I think I, a lot of people are going to be left holding the bag on on a lot of this stuff. It's going to be nasty. Yeah, I'm. I doubt I'll ever get anywhere near them for anything. I mean, I didn't even buy Bitcoin for the first time until. Uh, last year, I want to say, in preparation of getting the uh, Raspy Blitz ready to go. So. I think there's a. I think there's the. There's two. You can believe in the technology, mm-hmm. but then be pragmatic with, with, um, the social and economic environment that you are putting your money into. So, like I. 
got into Bitcoin a long time ago uh, through mining. That was the part that seemed fun to me. So I, I did mining. This is probably, you know, seven or eight years ago and uh, made, made some money uh, mining because you could you can mine with just regular, uh, you know, low end graphics cards and stuff at that time. And uh, I sold, I sold all of the Bitcoin that I mined. Uh, this was before, um, was this, uh, this was probably 2015 or so. I don't remember, but it was sort of like I was nervous about the, the economy and that kind of thing. And just sort of like, well, I was like, you know, I'm, I believed in Bitcoin as a, as a, as a money, but then, and, and still do, I think it's a, it's a good money, but I don't, but at the time it was like, well, I'm, I'm no, I don't believe in the economy. I believe this, that everything is going to tank. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go ahead, I'll go ahead and, you know, I'm just going to sell this and then I'll, buy back in later it's you know some other price so it's like just because you get out or what you do with your personal finances is not always relevant to whether or not you believe in whether it, it, whether or not you believe in the underlying thing itself in in this case in this case i don't believe uh, i believe in the nft technology is good but uh there's no way in hell i'd put any money in it now do you remember the first time you ever bought anything with bitcoin uh, yes, I do. Uh, the first thing, the first thing I ever bought with Bitcoin was uh, an, a my, was mining equipment. Mm. So I bought a uh, Newegg years ago. Had, they started accepting Bitcoin, and so I sold my existing uh, my uh, cards, uh, graphics cards that I was mining with at the time, and used um, and then used Bitcoin the Bitcoin that I had mined to buy my next set of, uh, like upgraded graphics cards. It was pretty cool. Cause I it was like, I used the pro I was just, it was like the self, you know, spinning, uh, machine or whatever. Just, I used the proceeds from the mining to buy more mining stuff. <laughs> but yeah. it's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's kind of how we've been a- approaching donations, of um, PayPal donations specifically is, you know, lavish and I don't pocket anything. We just, turn it around and buy more gear with it <laughs> so <we can> get a <laughs> yeah. cooler sound and show you know that's pretty much the way the index uh, lightning node is we don't we we've never taken a single bit of bitcoin out of it we just use it to open new channels so i mean like it it literally just it per, it goes right into op- opening either more or bigger lightning channels and it's, it's nice to have that ability to to like always have an extra couple of million sats sitting there on hand so that you can quickly open a big channel if you need one mm-hmm. oh speaking of which we did have a boost come in earlier from uh, petra zeker uh using curiocaster they sent in 2222 and they uh they actually had a question for you dave question for the pod sage what's adam curry really like <laughs> <God>. <laughs> and he's just he's just like he is on the show uh, um they it's funny because People, I've met a lot of people in a media context over the years, and some of them are. It's like when the, when the mic goes live, they're they have one persona, and then when the mic goes off, they're like a complete asshole. Um, 
that's absolutely not like Adam is exactly the same person you would. He's exactly who you would think he is. Just a kind person who, I mean, all the things he says on the air, I mean, that's genuine, right? And there's no, you can't tell the difference other than a show. There's a showmanship there that where he wants to make the, the product that you're listening to exciting. And so there's an excitement and an energy that gets kicked up. Like we all do when we go, when we get on a show, but as far as like, uh, you know, who the core, the persona or whatever, there's, there's no difference. I mean, when the mic goes off, he's, he's just the same guy. It's, it's, uh, it, it's rare in the media landscape, I think. And it's, it's really refreshing. Yeah. I've, I've seen no shortage of that. I, I got a, uh, entertainment background. So I've worked with all sorts of people from, uh, on stage and just the way they it's a little sociopathic sometimes <laughs> the way they can turn yeah. it on so easily that when they get backstage it's like whoa a uh, wide berth this is where we do want the social distancing <laughs> yeah I, i'm I'm not gonna name names but there's a bit you know there's 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 one podcaster who's that way it's just like the the on-air persona is like of this really nice, you know, person who's real friendly and that kind of thing. And then off air, it's just like a complete ass wipe. Mm. Mm. What a ghoul. <laughs> <laughs> Very legal. Uh, um, uh, there was two last, actually, this is the perfect transition. Um, the last two things that Lorian was worrying, uh, wondering about was, uh, what are you listening to or jamming to lately music wise? And, uh, your first music, uh, musical instrument that you learned how to play. Oh, that's, a, <laughs> that's, that's fun. Um, uh, my first instrument I learned how to play was the recorder. Uh, in as seventh grade, as it yes. goes, <laughs> in seventh grade, and uh, I was like, uh, you know, I got, I got my, I got my skills. I, I, was, I was pretty decent, but uh, then I got into guitar. But um, now, that I guess music I'm listening to lately. I've been listening to a lot of Black Sabbath, a lot of Black Label Society, a lot of Ozzy. Oh, I've yeah. go. I, I went. Um, I've, I've always been a big uh, Black Label Society Zach Wild fan, and so then they came through, and me and my son went to the concert. Now this is this is cool. It's a fun story. So I'm uh, so I'm at the con. I'm uh, excuse me. I'm at Walgreens picking up some medication for my son, and uh, we're going to go to the concert the following night. And so I'm on my way home. On my way home, it's like four o'clock in the afternoon or whatever, and uh, I'm sitting there in line and this guy comes in behind me and he's uh, uh like a tall dude and he's uh just you know like loud thick like new what well, sounds like a new jersey accent and uh, he's uh so he's, he's standing behind me and then he goes up to the counter i'm waiting on my prescription he goes up to the counter and the next thing i know he's like zach zach i need your insurance card and so and I look over and here walking through Walgreens is Zach Wild. Holy shit. Yeah. And so he, and I was like, <laughs> I did a double take. And I said, wait, that's, that's Zach Wild. And, so that, and I'm like, and then, so then uh, Zach goes over there and sits down and evidently he's having some kind of uh, allergy attack or something like that and trying to get some medication. And so I was like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do the whole, Hey Zach, can I take a selfie thing? Because you're right. You're kind of getting some medication. You're not feeling good. I'm not, it seems, seems kind of like a douchebag move. So, uh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to, you know, hold my water here. 
And so then the next night when we go to the concert, and we were all there waiting. I mean, it was like it was like twenty of us in there waiting. It was way backed up. So then the next night we go to the concert, and uh, my son had he had was in a motorcycle accident of, uh, a couple months ago and had broke had broken his femur. He's he's off the he's he's off the walker and stuff now. But at the moment he at that time he was still in a wheelchair, and so we went straight to the front like. We got such good seats at the concert. <laughs> it was nuts. So we was they they pulled us straight to the front, and then um, and we're sitting there talking and that kind of thing. And then this this guy comes out, and I was, I told my son, I was like, "That's the guy from Walgreens. That's the I, I, he must be the Black Label Society band manager or something." And uh, he turns around. The guy turns around and sees me. And we make eye contact, and he said he he pointed at me. He's like. Hey, you were at Walgreens yesterday. I said, "Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that was me." He and he was like, uh, "Did you know that was us?" And I said, uh, "I was like, yeah, I knew it was you, but I mean, he he wasn't feeling good, so I didn't, you know, I didn't say anything or whatever." And so we sit here and have a you know five minute chat about uh, Zach and if he's feeling all right and if how he's been struggling to sing, he's got the flu and all this kind of stuff. And then uh, I don't know about fifteen minutes later, right as the show's about to kick off. Uh, he comes. He he just he pops back out and gives me and my son a bunch of swag. Oh hell and, yeah! Uh, yeah, it was killer, man. It was it was so it was so cool. So that's my uh, this is my Zach Wild uh, Walgreens story. I love I love stuff like that. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, the only person that I've ran into in public uh, there was this one time Celine Dion came to see our show and she like held us up for forty five minutes while she gave the speech to the cast and I was real pissed off. Personally, it was Celine Dion. Like, yeah, yeah. You know where you're keeping me from right now? Uh, that's <laughs> but, funny. Uh, I saw uh, Oliver Peck, who's a famous tattoo artist. He does the um, Ink Masters show. We were mm. we were doing a show in uh, Frolic. Uh, I'm sorry, in Los Angeles, and there's a famous stagehand bar there called the Frolic Room. And walked outside, and there's Oliver Peck, a you know a, a judge on a tattoo show. Fast forward a couple of years later, and I go into uh, it was like a antique and oddities sort of vintage chic store. So it was a lot of antiques, but it was weirder stuff in uh, in Dallas. And there at the counter, there's Oliver Peck again. I was like, wow, that's how weird is it? Do you run into somebody that's like B list celebrity status in two different parts of the country in two totally different times? Well, I mean, you're basically bros now, right? Yeah. <laughs> We chat, we hang out, we send each other boost grams. Um very cool. I uh do you have a favorite lead guitar player? Oh, lead? Oh man. That's a hard one. There's so many good ones. You know you. It, I think that so I have a my criteria for a good solo guy or or girl is is very high. Like I have a high level um, of uh, of you know of criteria there, but I think Alex Lifeson mm-hmm. uh, from Rush, he's the possibly one of the most underrated guitar players in rock. Uh, he's he just does his job, but some of his solos are just so good, and like they fit, they really fit the song. Like you don't, I have a pet peeve of. Uh, songs that go into a different section in order to solo over. 
like they have a special solo section, mm-hmm. you know, and so they change they change underneath, and some of it's because it's a little easier. Or they have something else they want, but so like that that he never does that. He's just like pure, you know, right right into it. I think. Um, I mean, Randy Rhodes solo on Over the oh, Mountain. I was, oh, I was hoping you were going to say Randy. <laughs> yeah, that that Over the Mountain solo is so good. Um, I mean, I love um, I love Eddie uh, as a as a rhythm player. I'm not that crazy about his solos, which sounds crazy, but I think I think he's just such a good rhythm guitar player. Man, like like um, riffs like uh, Cabo Wabo. It's a great riff, man. I mean, like these. That's that's kill. I don't know. It's hard to pin down like a a specific solo. Jimmy Page, the 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 solo on. Um, I just I think I th- okay. My top three so- my top three solos, uh, top four solos of all time. Number one's got to be Wa Wa Z. Uh, number two has got to be uh, Achilles Last Stand. Uh, from Led Zeppelin. Um, number three has got to be Over the Mountain. Um, and number four is, is um, um, I don't know, I think Kid, Kid Gloves from uh, Rush. So I, I think that's, yeah, I think, I think, I think those guys, it's hard to pin one down, but they, those, like, those are my top. Mm. If you could somehow, mix the technical aspects of Randy with the swagger from Ace Freely and add in the tone of uh, uh, Dimebag Daryl, that would be mwah, primo. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's a good, that's a good mix up. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Swirl it all around a big cauldron and dump it out. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Hocus. Pocus. If you ever have a chance to go to, <laughs> to go see black label society live, it's a great show. Hell yeah. Killer show. One Band that I wish I had seen live and I never did was ZZ Top. Hmm. Uh, had a buddy who saw them live and said it was one of the best shows he's ever seen. He said Billy Gibbons was like an incredibly underrated guitar player. He said he was amazing. Well, I, I do have a hugely important question for you now. Um, okay. This will come as no surprise to anybody that's been listening to this production for any amount of time. But Dave, I have to know, have you ever been to a Guar show? <laughs> no, no, I would never go to a Guar show because I I would like to not have shit thrown on me. <laughs> well, it's more it's more blood and cum, technically. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't want that. I, it's surprise, here, fun fact. I don't want that either. <laughs> Uh, actually, you said something about uh, seeing the Black Label Society with your son. He was still in the wheelchair. Uh, <laughs> one of the time- did they throw wheelchairs also, dude? There was a when I'd seen him in Seattle because I've seen him three or four times now. Uh, in Seattle, there was a dude crowd surfing in the wheelchair on top of the audience. <laughs> oh my god! So I I knew a guy one time that went he he at a he went to a Pantera uh, Pantera concert. And uh, was crowd surfing, fell off the crowd and onto the floor and got kicked in the back of the head. And like he had no lie. He had his eyes were bloody. He had, it was awful. And I, I was like, ever since then, I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't get anywhere near it. I'll just sit back and listen to that on Spotify. Mm. So 
I don't I, I definitely like being in the pit, but you're absolutely right with the the crowd surfers because you know you're dealing with like someone getting ready to uh, kick you in the back of the head if you're not paying attention or you know even worse like if, if it's some chick that got thrown up into the audience and you don't know who's playing yeah. uh, fucking hand grab and whatever. Have um, you seen the have you seen the documentary Woodstock 99? Uh, no, not that documentary, but I know that it was a pretty egregious time, just, uh, unsafe and, and, uh, watch it, watch that documentary. It is nuts. Yeah. It is totally nuts, man. Talk about, I mean, it was just like, oh, it was incredible. It's, it's hard to believe that something like that actually went on. And giant mud fights and whatnot. I've heard stories. Um, Yeah. It was like the whole thing. Well, you know they only they had they had so many people and they had so few water sources and it was it was really hot i mean like i think it was you know in the upper 90s and it was all tarmac or mostly tarmac and then cuz it was at an old air air base i think as they converted air force decommissioned air force base or something like that and there was only just a few sources of free water and most but if you but the normal water, like would you like bottled water at the concession stands, was like ten dollars a bottle. This was in nineteen ninety nine. I mean, that's like, you know, it's like twenty dollars a bottle or or more today. And so people were just what what happened quickly is that people just burst. They found the water pipes that fed the the free water fountains, and they just broke them open and and busted it. So then at that point, it, the whole thing just became this humongous mud hole. Um, and then it was like that was just step one of a five step process into Lord of the Flies. <laughs> I will I will definitely check that out. That sounds uh sounds otherworldly. Um, <laughs> uh let's see here. Uh you know, I would get by so much faster if I stopped closing the fucking questions. <laughs> that um, would help. Okay, so let's assume that everything in this next question is set up to happen perfectly so we don't have to worry about any of the technical aspects of it. You're stranded on a desert island. Do you boost Skid Row's self-titled debut album or Bon Jovi's Slippery When Wet? <laughs> Skid Row, I mean, just, yeah, My not man. even a question. <laughs> easy. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 an, that's an easy one. Teed it up. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we had a couple more boosts come through. Uh, 1642 from Carolyn. She said, Celine Dion should be streaming sats. I don't disagree. And then uh, 5,000 for Adam Curry again. He said, Jan, Inc- uh, Jan Ackerman? I hope I got that right. Or uh, Brian May. I wonder if these are his favorite guitar players. Oh, Brian May. Yeah. yeah. Brian May's a badass. That, that guitar, it... it if the if the legend is correct, that guitar was built from the mantle from an uh, a piece the wood that came off the ma- his mantle in his house that him and his dad built. Mm-hmm. I think isn't that right? Yep, and uh, like the um, the tremolo arm, uh, the springs came from uh, it was like a scooter, the kickstand to a small motorbike <laughs> or something. No way! Yeah, that's crazy. Yep, he built it with his dad from the ground up. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that's, I, well, you know, there's nothing else like that. And even all the, the repros, they just, they can't capture that quality of sound from it. Yeah, it's just lightning in a bottle. Yeah. I don't recognize, I'm looking through the book of knowledge on Jan. I don't 
recognize any music he's put out, but uh, I'll have to check it out. I was wondering if maybe he was like a part of Golden Earring or something. Um, but I'm not sure. Anyways, uh, let's see here. Dutch guitarist. There was a. <clears throat> this is this is not a question again. It's more um of a statement, I guess. But uh, being involved with the Abel and the Wolf album, which dropped uh, it was Christmas Day, I believe, of last year. Mm-hmm. Felt like a legitimate victory against the New World Order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, um, yeah, was, that was a, that was a big day. It was uh, it was very cool, and seeing all the artists come Ew. together. Ooh, we got another boost there. Um, seeing all the artists come together in the way just Abel and and Spencer were able to hype it up. They have the uh, the whole making of the album uh, found on Abelcraft, which is well worth checking out and. Can't wait to get involved with them again for their next album. When's it coming? When's the next album? They've already started working on it, uh, but I don't know any other information. Okay, cool. Yeah, my son, uh, my son is a bass player for Torcon Seven, so they're they're working on another album as well. That track that we started off with, Thirteen, love it. <laughs> it's good. It's it a rips. good track. Yeah, <laughs> their 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 new stuff is killer. It's nice. better than that. Yeah, very excited to to hear it drop. Um, all right. So I think that covers pretty much all of the music stuff. We're now we're going to get into a little bit of woo woo, but if that's okay, uh, sure. what is the least plausible conspiracy to you? Least plausible conspiracy. Um, least plausible. I think they're all kind of plausible. <laughs> it's hard to. <laughs> It's hard to nail. It's hard to bring it down. I, I guess the least plausible would be the uh, something like the 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 Bilderberg uh, group, the the small cabal. I think um, or there's some. Well, there's a few of those. You got was it the Bohemian Grove? And there's a the the idea that there's like this really tiny cabal that that's pushing all the buttons for for all the, you know, for all kinds of world events. I think, I don't, I think, I guess I feel like there's not anybody anymore that has that much, that has that much power. There's too many powerful people. So there's too many competing small groups. But, yeah. There's, there's not one singular point of control at the very tip, tippy top. Yeah. And maybe, you know, maybe, uh, uh, flat or not flat earth. Yeah. Flat earth is probably the, the one that's the least plausible. You know, I got a guy. Uh, I know a guy that would vehemently disagree with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I'm sure. Let's get flatter. Uh, you know, I've been, I've Dave been, on podcasting 2.0. Let's do it. <laughs> I've been told that I've been I've been told that you know if you look out at the ocean that it's flat, but I every time I look out at the ocean it's not flat. So um, I don't know. Well, all I know is that every map I've ever seen of the planet is flat. That's about as far as I can take it. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, have you ever worked on a project that is more punk or esoterical than the podcast index? Um, probably, yeah. Uh, I think Freedom Controller is probably more punk than the uh, podcast index. That, that project was weird. Um, I mean, we, 
we set out to create a, a RSS based social network uh, where everybody would run their own server and push RSS around. It was, it, you know, honestly, it was a poor man's version of ActivityPub uh, way before ActivityPub. And so we were trying to have uh, tribes, you know, ser- servers with lots of people. Very, I mean, just really a whole lot like Mastodon. And uh, you would have, but everybody had an RSS feed and I would follow your feeds. And so we then, then we had this o- OPML namespace where the OPML would list out all the feeds. So I would have, I would, my social graph was an OPML feed list and it had a new attribute in the namespace uh, called disposition. And so I could, it, my, my OPML file would have a bunch of feeds listed and if the disposition was sub, that means that's a feed I subscribe to. If it was pub, that means this is it's a, a feed that I produce. And so you could follow me and everything that I produce and everything that I follow just by following my OPML file. And then uh, everybody on the server, you know, has that same file. Um, and it got wacky. I mean, like you know, you would at one point. I mean, there was a network of. Uh, you know, a couple dozen of these servers going around and uh, I don't know how many there are anymore. I mean, I think maybe me and Adam are the only ones that have them now, <laughs> but um, that was, you, you could do a people search. Like you, you're searching for somebody and you could just put in a piece of a name and it would just call out to every server. Your server would call out to every server that it knew about and hunt, hunt for people and then bring you back this big list and you could just subs- click there and subscribe to to people's feeds. Um, yeah, I think that was way more punk than podcast <laughs> index <laughs> in a certain, like from a text, from a tech standpoint, like that was like tech punk tech punk. I love it. I, I find the freedom controller endlessly fascinating. And it was, it was actually one of the first things that back when we were kind of like really finding our ground for the show, I, I took a couple nights and tried to install it and got nowhere oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, don't do it. Don't do it. It's terrible. It's it's terrible. Don't do it. Once you get it running, it's great. But but it takes a, you know, a PhD to get it to run. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> womp womp. Um uh, <laughs> The uh, we had one other boost in there. Uh, oh, five thousand stats from Adam Curry again. He said, uh, Jan Ackerman is from Focus. I don't know Focus, yeah. I'll have to listen to him specifically. He said, Jan Ackerman Focus. So I'm guessing that's the band. Well, I mean, I'm seeing a picture of him from 1974 with a killer mustache, so I'm gonna have to check that out. Nice. Um, what's uh, what does Dave Jones think of the magic? Of magic, mm-hmm. um, I'm a very, uh, very big believer in spirit in the spiritual world. Um, I would say that magic is probably. I, I think a lot of the things that we see, um are spiritual sort of uh, shat- or like physical shadows from the spiritual realm. So I think I think magic probably I, I, I don't like to say th- okay, when I get asked questions like this, I don't like to say I think magic exists or I don't think magic exists because I think that's stupid. Um, to just 
give a binary answer like that. I would equate it to something like dragons. Um, I think there's clearly, uh, or or a worldwide flood, mm. and there's clearly evidence that those both of those things, dragons and a worldwide flood event, happened in the past. Um, and so then the mythology that comes about from those things is based on some sort of some dim understanding of a past event, some sort of like uh, cultural um, DNA that we have that we know that these things existed in the past. And so you don't really have to even tell a culture that they did exist. We just know they did. But but what they were in point of fact, like what the specifics about what those things were, we don't, Ew. we're not, we're not going to know. So, you know, what, what a dragon actually looked like, uh, we're not, we're not going to know that. Um, and so we're just picking up some of the telephone game that comes down from, from generation to generation. Same with a worldwide flood. It's like, well, was it, was it mostly localized? Was it truly global? I mean, we, we don't know, but I mean, the the fossil record clearly shows evidence of of at least localized flooding um that was monumental in scope but but that's you know how we how we get there i don't know so i, I guess i would say that it's related I, I would think of magic the same way so you would have there's there's something going on in the spiritual realm um and the the reason i believe in a spiritual in a spiritual realm, a metaphysical realm is because there are things that uh, exist and we all know they exist that don't have, that don't share a property with physical, with the physical world. So um, there's a thing called the law of non-contradiction or the law of identity where you say, okay, uh, you have two things. You have, you have uh, object A and object B. Um, is object A and object B, are they the same thing? So like what you're really asking is, is object A also object A or is it some, or are they, or is this A and B And the way you, you know, simplistically, it's not complicated. The way you determine whether object A is, is object A or not is uh, whether it shares the same properties with object A. So, if object A has has these twelve properties, and this other object has doesn't have one of those properties, well, then that's not the same thing. So you're now no longer talking about object A. You're talking about A and B. It's two different things. Um, and so we know that there are certain things in the physical world that do not share properties of things like mental events. So take a brain, for instance. Um, thought, if you say, if you, if you look at what a thought is, thoughts have properties that the firing of, neut- of neurons do not have. Uh, thoughts have, thoughts, for one, for one thing, thoughts are about something. So, so you could say that a thought has the property of aboutness. Um, and then you compare that to a neuron that near, uh, neurons or, uh, you know, collections of neural networks, they don't, they're not about anything. 
They're just collections of neuro, of of neurons. So you can have it. You can have um, if you can identify even one property that exists within a within within a uh, a mental pattern that or within a mental object that does not exist within the physical thing. Well, then what you have is clearly a non physical thing. So mental events are non physical events. They're metaphysical. They are uh, spiritual, maybe. Um, and so once you've established something there, you've established that there's a spiritual world that exists, a non-physical world that exists, then you have to figure out, well, what is it, what is spiritual and what is physical? Like, where do they, where are they made up? Which ones are which? Um, and so when it comes to something like magic, uh, magic is probably to me, a physical manifestation of a spiritual reality that we just don't understand. We, we, we understand, and that's not far-fetched because like I just described them, we, we have mental events that are non-physical and we have them all day, every day. So the accepting that there are, that there are mental, uh, excuse me, spiritual or non-physical events that then have a manifestation in the physical world, which is me thinking about moving my arm and then my arm moves. Um, that's not hard to, to accept. That's very easy to accept. So then you just carry that out to a different area of the world and uh, something like magic. It's not hard to believe that that's, that that's real and that it happens all the time. Now, w- the thing we don't have access to is the, is the, the non-physical uh Manifestation, like the non-physical cause, we don't understand the the machinery that's involved in in non-physical things because we don't have we don't have access to that. We're a combination. Humans are a combination of the physical and the and the spiritual, and we're so tightly intertwined with that with each other. We have a we have a spiritual self, and we have a and we have a physical body, and. The physical body is an extension into physical space of the spiritual self, and it's so closely aligned and so tied together that we can't often separate. We can hardly, it's very difficult to separate which thing is mental and which thing is physical. And so it's, if, it's comp, if it's complex enough for us to not even know ourselves about the things that go on in our own mind, then, well, we you know, being able to figure out what it is with things outside of ourselves, it feels even way harder. Wow. <laughs> I love it. I, I, that's a lot to chew on, but, um, I couldn't, I couldn't agree any harder. Honestly. Uh, I guess the approach I, I usually take to magic is, uh, you're expressing change through will and intention into your immediate environment and sometimes you know farther out than you know your your circle your physical circle and whatnot and um Mm, mm, you know you're mm. just through the the collective like a sandwich right i would consider making a sandwich to feed yourself and an act uh, like a magical act because it is uh it is a thing that brings life and you are bringing all of these products from all over the globe to this one position which is in your hands you know, mm. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I think it, I, I take your meaning, and and I would say that I'm not the kind of guy that thinks that 
you know, God is energy or something like that. I mean, like I'm not that I'm not that guy. I mean, I think I think I think there is a God. I think it's a person. I think I think there's a personhood of of God. Um, but you know, because because we are relational beings, we relationship. Uh, the science of relationships is is what humanity is all about, and so that that relationship it's it's like this model of what of what of what a god um, entity would be um so i think there is a definite personhood of god but like if you take there's a really good book um uh by a great uh a great uh theologian um it's called unseen the book's called unseen realm and uh the guy's name is michael heiser and he gets He's he's been on some shows, some popular shows sometimes. Uh, like he was, he's he's kind of famous for debating that uh, crazy-haired guy from the alien, uh, ancient aliens. Oh, okay, <laughs> uh, yeah, he debates that. He used to debate that guy all the time. Uh, but he's and the reason he used to debate him is because he's not. Some of his stuff is not that far off from what that dude may say. And like he said, and what he what he did was he. He looks at the Hebrew Old Testament, and he's he's from uh, gosh, is it Minnesota? There's one of these colleges, like University of Minnesota, I think it may be, that just turns out some of the most some of the greatest Hebrew scholars that the world, you know, all over the world, Old Testament scholars. It's kind of an odd thing that it's come from this university. It's either Wisconsin or Minnesota, I can't remember. But um, he uh, he started deep, you know, did a lot of deep diving. This guy's, I mean, he's straight like mainline. Christian theologian. I mean, he's nothing. He's not weird in any way. Very, uh, very straight uh, line. And uh, he was like, you know, the more I dig in the Old Testament and look at the Hebrew, it's like, man, I'm just, I'm just seeing the craziest stuff. And you know, he's he just really comes. He wrote this book, and and it just goes into all of the Old uh, Testament, showing how there were uh, that. That the the Hebrew God was was like the head amongst a council of God of other God beings, and that there was a sort of coup that happened, and he starts fitting in human history and biblical history into this narrative of uh of a of a sort of a council of elder type gods, and he's like. And he shows convincingly that this is the story of the Old Testament. I'm like, holy cow! I mean, I, I didn't get that. I didn't get that in Sunday school. Yeah. You know, that's not that's not really what we were told. I mean, this is like some you know eldritch horror stuff. You know, this is awesome. And then uh, I'm like, okay, you yeah, you got me, you got me, you rolled me, you know, you you roped me in. And uh, yeah, then he you know he brings in the Nephilim and also, and it's like he starts weaving this story. And all the weird parts of the Old Testament in this narrative start to make a whole lot of sense. And like there's so I just bring that up to say, I mean, there's a there's a lot going on on the spiritual level that you know, even a, a mainline Christian uh can can if you start digging a little bit, you're like, man, the spiritual world's world's a lot weirder than we think it is. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I've had I've had some personal moments of uh, I like the term high strangeness because it 
It's a, <laughs> That's a good term. You know? I like it. Yeah, yeah. High <laughs> uh, strange. I like it. And some of it's definitely been lighthearted and you know, very synchronistic, and it really makes you feel alive. And uh, sometimes uh, it was the exact opposite. You know, I, I just there was really weird, uh, super heavy things where I just, you know, it kind of it was a sensation almost akin to feeling like dying. Uh, of course, uh. I made it out okay. <laughs> um, but it's just. There's so there's a lot of weird experiences out there. Uh, typically, just try and be as open minded as possible to it all because all of it is just endlessly fascinating. So much fun. Phew. Totally agree, hundred uh, percent. We had a last couple of boosts. Uh, oh, a f- another five thousand from Adam Curry saying boosting show prep. He's got a link to the band Focus. I already dropped that in the chat. <laughs> show prep. A show prep. Hell yeah, I like it. Uh, and then Stephen B one 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 one. He said, "Unseen Realms is phenomenal." Wow. Oh, uh, good. I didn't know Stephen had read that. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. Now it's 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 thick. I don't know how many pages it is, but it's probably seven hundred pages. I'm glad you just said that. Way too thick. <laughs> <laughs> it is thick. Uh, yes. There was more to that message. It's one of the reasons I moved away from Christianity, but the whole book is legit. Amazing book. Yeah. It's fan it's it's fantastic book. And and um there's actually two books by him. One Unseen Realm is sort of the big dense book that has all of the uh all of the uh, sort of academic side of things and then um he's got like a like another book that's essentially the same book but it's boiled down into something that's more readable okay very cool well, thank you for the recommendation. Uh, I will definitely yeah, sure. uh, check that out. We have one last uh, voicemail, and then I was going to do a quick minute, uh, three-minute pitch fit for a couple of ideas that I got, but here's the voicemail first and firmest. Good afternoon, Booberry and Pot Sage, Mr. Dave. Hope everyone's having a good time. Uh, it's uh, nice uh, catching y'all on the Sunday afternoon stream right after No Agenda. Um, this is Laren, by the way, What's you know, Laren? that guy that just throws out 24 20s everywhere. Oh, hey, Laren. Anyway, my question for the book you is, what is your favorite cereal? Enjoy. Ooh, favorite cereal. Raisin Bran Crunch. Oh, no contest. hell yeah. I can get behind some Raisin Bran. I like uh, Cinnamon Toast Crunch a lot myself. Um, There's a great. local ice cream shop that has a Cinnamon Toast Crunch ice cream, and it tastes just like it. Oh my goodness, that sounds delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, thank you for the call, Laren. We appreciate it. 612-263-7999. You can always call that number up during the week when we aren't live and get your voicemail in for tomorrow night. Um, here's the moment of truth, the pitch fit. Are you ready for this? Uh, yes. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about... Boosts that fire MIDI control. <laughs> this this is the this is the thing that you know from the movie out of the the movie where the guys made the porn uh, porn website or whatever where that they had the different if somebody downloaded a <laughs> for every type of porn there was a different uh, a, you know a different sound that went off yeah this uh. You, I mean, like you, you could have a MIDI controller, and I mean, what, if you're going to have a MIDI controller, why not just go full home automation and just have you know just 
shit happening all over your house just when well somebody oh somebody turned the coffee maker on they must have it's a hundred thousand sad boost funny enough uh spencer and lorian they want to set up a, a video stream to their chicken coop where you can boost treats that will uh, that will drop <laughs> off to the chickens. I thought that was pretty slick. Uh, That's a great idea. We have chickens. We should we should uh, we should do that. Chi- uh, do a chicken boost. The the one that I was thinking of specifically is what if you get sent a boost and it fires off this MIDI uh, trigger that changes your soundboard on you. So it's like, oh no, we got the Mortal Kombat boost. <laughs> So you can have like a you know Mortal Combat <laughs> off right there and then there, <laughs> yeah. Or, or uh, voice filters, uh, oh, different yeah. boost trigger different voice filters. I like that. And you can't stop it as the host; they just they just take over. I I think that's a phenomenal idea. Um, and another one in tandem with that is if we ever get to the point of doing a uh, a live show every week, I want to set up boost enabled blood cannons that would drench me whenever you boost. I'll, uh, you're the man. I'll let you do that. Hell yeah. Go for it. Uh, next up is a boost processing ad campaign a la the Sega Genesis. <laughs> Podcast okay. Index does what Spotify don't. <laughs> yeah. Not all ideas are great ideas. I'll Damn say. it. All right. Next up, uh, the... <laughs> This is just a fun name. I'm sure there's something better that we can find. Uh, I've called it the X-Ray Specs Chapter Feed. So let's say that we have a PG chapter file that presents images that you could display at work all day, every day. Not a problem. No one's going to say anything. But, you know, let's say uh, we got something that's a little more not safe for life. Uh, specifically, um, where this idea came from is a couple of weeks ago, I was going to do a piece of show art that had, it was a really sad and graphic display of what science shouldn't do when it comes to animals specifically. Um, Mm. Really gnarly. And uh, we decided not to display it, but what if there was a toggle switch that you could switch in app that would then show a secondary chapter feed. That's got the more, um, r-rated stuff whether it be something that contains nudity or uh like i said something that's like grotesque that you don't necessarily want to be seeing without consent uh i mean would that be better than just a i mean what i guess my first thought is why not just do like the mastodon thing where it's you just say have a filter that says you know you gotta you gotta Uh, tap to see it yeah so it'll blur it out interesting yeah, I mean now what you're what you're describing is more is more fun. It's sort of like the old uh, speakeasy where you got to know the password to get in. I, yeah, I won't. I won't. I won't disagree with that. But you know, it was a not thought, sure. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I like. That's I, I, it's good. Do uh, do uh, do it. Go it up. <laughs> okay, I'll get right on. Go that. for it. <laughs> Seven years <Pull> later. <laughs> Seven years later, I finally figured out what pull request means. <laughs> <laughs> it's very dirty, by the way. Oh, Lordy. Um, and then last but not least, it's very evident that you love music, that uh, that you're very into it, that you find uh, um, it's an important aspect of not only your life, but your son's life. Mm-hmm. What about 
Dave Jones starting his own podcast, and we could call it Dave Jones Podcast Up Your Fucking Ass Metal Show. <laughs> I don't think that I would call it that, but, uh, you know, if I did call it that, the only place it would ever live would be in the index, because for sure, Apple, Spotify, nobody else would take it. <laughs> That's, that's how you know. Thick. That's how you know whether or not uh, a podcast app uses the index is you just search for podcasting 2.0, and if the show shows up, they use the index. So that's that could be your other uh, litmus test. Mm. Uh, search for the. I don't even remember that that uh, expletive written title you just said, but that <laughs> was a takeoff of a uh, uh, Metallica's demo. Metal up your fucking oh. ass. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I was not aware of that mythos. I'm sorry. Yeah. There, there was a little, you know, I put some effort into the name. Not, was just, that a, uh, was that when Dave Mustaine was still with him? Yes. If I'm not mistaken, I, I do believe it was, uh, it was, you know, a couple of tracks from kill them all and like some, uh, proto ride the lightning tunes. If I remember how much, correctly, how much of their early stuff did he ride? Uh, I've got a shirt that's, it's the Kill 'Em All album cover, and at the top it says, Mustaine wrote em all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think he would have a different answer to that question than they would. Yes. Um, it was, uh, he, as, for, I, mm, I want to say his last songwriting credits showed up on Master of Puppets. Oh, that late in the game. Wow. I think. Okay. Interesting. We might need a fact check true on that, but uh Okay. Yeah, that's uh I think that brings the show to the conclusion. Thank you so much for taking the Sunday evening to hang out and and uh and talk some cool lightning stuff or uh, I'm sorry, podcast 2.0 stuff, some some yeah, music stuff. Um of course, podcasting 2.0, it's live lit in app every Friday. Uh the time to be uh, TBT. <laughs> yeah, we tr- we try to do it at twelve thirty central every uh, every Friday, but some sometimes we gotta sometimes we either have to adjust for a guest who's in a weird time zone, or and sometimes uh, work or something else gets in the way. But we we do our we do our darndest. Yeah, and I I think y'all are doing phenomenal work with the index and just uh, just bringing everybody uh, to a, just a new way of doing stuff. It's very very incredibly legal <laughs> incredibly legal yeah. that's a, yeah that's the that's a good t-shirt Incre- i'm incredibly legal um is there anything else that uh that you want to shout out or that we should be aware of um uh no just uh i, I don't guess so just just uh just the shows on friday in which you know if anybody wants to if anybody has coding skills or just wants to join the join the party uh podcastindex.social sort of a sort of a companion mastodon to no agenda social with uh, that's more politics free, but and focused on podcasting 2.0. So join over there if you if you're so inclined. And uh, I guess the other thing would just be you know try a new podcast app. Go to nudepodcastapps.com. That's the one. Nudepodcastapps.com. Go get you some. Why aren't you already? Ah. You can boost and get those chapters rolling. Go boost podcasting 2.0 right now. I'm telling you, you gotta do it. You got any other fun plans for the rest of today? Uh, dinner time. Oh, best start making dinner. Oh, my. I may have a beer. I may not. 
I don't know if I have any cider in Minnesota. Is, it's pretty blue lawed or blue state, blue pilled. Everything closes at 6 p.m. here. It sucks. No, it's not good. No. Yeah, it's a nasty scheme. <laughs> well, thank you again, Dave Jones, for hanging out. Uh, everybody that uh, chatted along in the hashtag greenroom, irc.zeronode.net slash greenroom. We'll be back at it with episode 102, and Lavish is set to return tomorrow night. And uh, until that time, I've been Booberry, Black Knight of the Mothman. And I've been Dave Jones. Mega Master Double Thick. That is very Satan-y. Sounds like anything goes in the Wild West of uh, podcasts. That's right. What is punk? I guess it's just something that is... Uh, anti-establishment, you're doing things a little bit more DIY. The definition of punk can be a little loosey-goosey at times. The gayest word ever. Woo-hoo! Oh, shit, yeah. Hashtag green room. Hello, nurse. Sexy. It was bad radio. This is Behind the scenes, the of your dreams. <laughs>